Hang on. Hang on. Right. This might be a podcast. Boy. This might be a podcast. It might be great. It might be guest. It might be great. Big, big mess. Podcast popping in your Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Aaron Rose O'Brien to talk about the song I Can't Hide From My Mind Off Of The Spine. Here we go. Thanks for having me. This is a long time coming. I know. I'm so sorry. I feel like <laughs> no. a broken record with this. I, get, I mean, we were talking before the episode about how disorganized I am, despite being a teacher, except for certain things. But with this podcast, like, it took, like, me forgetting things and, like, yeah. fucking up, like, over and over before I finally got organized. Because all the podcasts I've done before, I was co-hosting like co-running i had someone to help me remind me like oh we got this guest coming up oh we're recording this time and now i'm like okay yeah this is your solo project you gotta manage it yourself right solo project uh the one that's taken off the most so i mean that was the problem is that it somehow caught on i mean it's not like i'm making a living off of it running blue apron ads or whatever but enough where like I got to keep that Google Calendar. It's mm-hmm. alerting me. Got to set up the alerts. I told you about the email templates. I've got my spreadsheet. I always had the spreadsheet, but now I've got it trying to get more organized, yeah. put the dates down. When did I book the person? When are we recording? Well, I'm happy to be here regardless. Yeah. And you've done podcasts too. And you said your your brother does podcasts. Is that Yeah. So I um, co-hosted, I'm saying... We're kind of dormant now, but he, my co-host and I always talk about doing a music podcast down the line. Um, I co-hosted a podcast called Moody's Pod. The first season about is about an old Amanda show sketch, Moody's Point. And the second season, which is the <laughs> one we like to recommend, um, is about the uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete specials. So we covered... <laughs> just the specials. Just the specials. Just everything before the... Because we like to do a miniseries. Um, everything before gotcha. the first season aired and also the album. 
um, which is also one of our favorite episodes to recommend people because we have a great, we have a grand time talking about music. Oh, and you mentioned my brother. My brother hosts a podcast called Seltzer Cast. It's about seltzer. About seltzer? <laughs> about seltzer. I've been on it, but not in a while. <laughs> what do they talk about? So right now, seltzer. <laughs> right now he's running a bracket called Pure Madness, which is about plain seltzer, like finding the best plain seltzer. <laughs> Not always the format. Uh, it's usually a guest and a drink, and they end up talk and they talk about the drink. They talk about seltzer. There's a lot of there's more. It's funny, but there's more distinction than you think. We live together, so um, uh, I also have have uh, now like a seltzer palette um, because I'll be able sure. to be like right. The bubbles are more harsher in Topo Chico and Rambler. They're similar, but they're a little Topo bit Chico. gentle. That's what. Kara has just gotten into so good. She was just like San Pellegrino and all that kind of stuff. No, and, and, it's Topo and, Chico all the way. Yeah, she's like addicted to it. And also, I mean, in a glass bottle, it's always going to taste better. It's always Anything better in a glass, better glass bottle. A glass yeah, bottle. yeah, of course. That, that is hilarious. <laughs> I think that's, I, <laughs> that's my money to win pure madness, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking I would be uh, fooled. Or, or, or maybe this would be an April Fool's episode for your brother's podcast, where mm. uh, they'll release an episode where it's actually about uh, old-timey clowns that spray each other with seltzer. No, but I feel like that's. <laughs> I feel like knowing him, it's come up at least once. Like it's, I, it I'm like, to. I know we're siblings, but I wholeheartedly recommend it. I think it's a really <laughs> funny. He has good guests. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, there's more that, to say yeah. than you'd think. <laughs> Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, people have said my podcast is too niche. I mean, I don't think so. I don't really get that. I don't really get that anymore. But I remember when. So the first, the first thing I did was I would guest on the Punk News podcast, and yeah. I edited the Punk News podcast for a long time, and that's just like a weekly roundup. But so then there's always stuff. There's always news happening. Whatever. Right. Like, oh, No Effects is going on their last tour, and everyone says. Why now? Why not 20 years ago? Blah, blah, ha, ha, ha. And then, you know, and you talk about all that stuff. So there's always stuff coming every week, and it's just about punk, ska, metal, hardcore, emo. Like, there's a lot of stuff to cover. Mm -hmm. And then when I started my own podcast um, with my friend Greg, it was called Two Gregs, One Podcast, yeah. which then pivoted into Best Midwestern. <laughs> and those were about – so I pitched it to uh, Adam, who's one of the guys who started uh, – punk news and runs kind of like the tech end of it i was like i want to you know start like an offshoot podcast it was to, two gregs was the first the the non-regular you know the, the first offshoot of the punk news podcast right. that started the punk news podcast network whatever you want to call it and i'm like oh yeah we're just going to focus on the midwest states you know because everything you know everything's from california or new york or whatever i mean chicago we get a lot but we're like we want to be talking about Punk from Iowa. We want to be talking yeah. about, you know, St. Louis, Cleveland, Detroit, you know, all this stuff. And he's like, I don't know. Don't you think it's a little, like, narrow? You think people are going to listen to it? I'm like, it's 11 states. We're talking millions and millions of people, right? Uh, and she's like, yeah, okay, give it a try. And we were kind of casual about that one. And then Best Midwestern picked up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but then these song-by-song -song podcasts started coming up. And I've mentioned it on the pod before. Like, it's been a long time since I think I brought up Blink-155, the first song-by-song -song podcast I heard was about Blink-182. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and the kind of thing about that is that the guys were kind of funny. Um, 
I mean, I kind of trailed off of it after a while, mainly because I like Blink, but I was like, okay, I'm like, okay, I've heard. Completely missed them. I was, I was like, genuinely, I was listening to They Might Be Giants at Blink 182's peak. Like, <laughs> I mean, me too. I was listening to both. About me. <laughs> yeah, me. It was like Goofy Skate Punk and They Might Be Giants. They they yeah. coexisted parallel for I me. I think that that makes a you lot know? more a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, I had like the silly intellectual stuff, and then I had the silly, stupid stuff. Yes. <laughs> Right. And so that was the first one I heard. And then I started looking into them and I had a bunch of friends. I met a bunch of guys that were fans of the Blink-155 podcast. One of us, me, started this. They might be giant song by song. One of my friends started a Jimmy World song by song. One of my friends started a Reliant K song by song. They've all been on this show because they're also They Might Be Giants fans. I found found Pavement ones, Guided by Voices ones. But like when I started it, people are like... Only about one band? Well, yeah, but they're like awesome. But they have awesome. like hundreds of songs. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, just one song an episode? Yeah. Well, what are you going to talk about? It's going to be like 10 minutes long. We're like, I'll show you. Well, here's the thing <laughs> is that they might be giants have like deep lore. Like, like yeah. I think, which I know we're going to talk about like dial a song and stuff like that. But like, like it sounds like a joke, but no, like <laughs> there's deep lore. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some bands that lend themselves to it a little more. Mm-hmm. I mean, for one, you want a band that's had a long career and, and Blake yeah. has a lo- has had a very long career at this point, but the podcast succeeded just on, on the host, the host being funny. Right, they right. didn't, they didn't do so many, they did guests, but it was more to just to kind of like talk about other stuff. The co-host talked about the song. Uh, the two guys talked about the song, but, um, what was it was their interaction that was funny and like they were the, they would look at covers and stuff and like that's kind of how I like the basic blueprint mm. of pretty much me and all my friends that started our podcast we kind of spiraled off of that and took it in our own direction or whatever succeeded for us but with Blink like okay you could be like oh Mark sings this song oh Tom sings this song oh this song is Travis Barker this song has Scott Rayner the drummer before him but like lyrically. There's not a whole lot to get into. Mm-hmm. Like band drama wise, there's a lot to get into, but lyrically, not as much. Well, they might be giants like the like mystery of the lyrics is what kind of fuels this podcast, I got a lot right? To say about this. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> we'll get to that. Also, I'm glad that I have different people to talk to every time because again, like if the if the hosts have like a good rapport and they're funny and stuff, that works. But I'm I like to get other people's opinions and not just everyone listening to the same two people like the same person talk about the same band and all this. I get yeah. different opinions, people of different ages, people all over the world. Um, you know, just different some 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 you know, some different demographics, some yeah. uh, diversity uh, as much as I can for a very white fan base. I'm trying. I swear to God, we're just a very white crowd. Um, but other than that, I mean, I I I'm I feel like I'm doing all right. I have more uh, in the next two months. I have more women guesting than men, which cool. I had been trying to go for after I realized I had like six guys on in a row. Um, so I'm trying, but yeah, again, I'm I, I like getting to talk to new people. You should have been on a long time ago. Hey, but again, it's fine. the disorganization. <laughs> My life has so much, Greg. <laughs> I know it's funny. There have been people who've waited so long, they're like, Oh, when I first hit you up asking to be on, my band had an elm to promote. 
And now we have the next album to promote. <laughs> like you made it wait that long, and now we have a new album to promote. I'm like, well, see, I guess it worked out. So I, I, I need to know more about you. I don't know a whole lot about. I don't even know where are you located. Where I, you I'm from Long Island. I'm a New York area. They might be Giants fan, which means I lucked out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I always say I, I've seen them a lot for any t- other band. Like, mm-hmm. if you say, I've seen them 10 times, like, apply that to anybody else. And you're like, whoa, that's that's dedication. <laughs> but for a New York area, they might be Giants fan. That's like nothing. <laughs> like, I know. God, I mean, I'm, yeah, let's see. I just saw them for the fourth time. Sick, yeah. Any other band that I've seen more than one time is like three or four. And I think it's like Mitski and Jeff Rosenstock <laughs> like, oh, behind that. Nice. I'd be... Well, I love both of those groups. I'd be curious to talk more about, again, tangents. I'd be curious to hear about how the crowds at Miski sh- shows have changed. I haven't um, seen her since, uh, I didn't see her on this tour. The last one I saw was like her supposed last show in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, like the, It was like the last Be the Cowboy. Um, and that was a, I, I know that it has changed a lot, but um, that yeah. was partially the reason I didn't, I didn't like, rush to buy tickets or anything there, there's there's some interesting stuff there like i could see a mitski podcast being interesting to listen to. i would to. love that i think that like um she's a super interesting musician i've been listening to her since like around the time makeout creek came out like that's why i got into her and it wasn't yeah. right it wasn't when the album was new i think it was after maybe puberty 2 came out mm. which again great album titles like wonderful Bury Me and Mako Creek is a Simpson, is Simpsons, too. Exactly. Which and I that's love. why I was like, Mitski, I'm like, who is this person? I'm looking, I'm like, Bury Me at Makeout Creek. Like, there's no disguising that is like, that's obviously a Simpsons reference. Yeah. One of the greatest Millhouse lands of, of, of all many great Millhouse yeah. lands. Bury Me at Makeout Creek. Mm. And I was like, okay, I got to check this out. And that's still my favorite album. Puberty 2 is a close second. very interesting and the way that she's dealt with fame is a, a thing that'd be interesting to talk about yeah but that's for that's for you to start a podcast for miski's podcast your podcast <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. uh no i mean uh yeah we talked a little bit about me podcasting earlier but i'm a writer and an occasional podcaster um and a, just a Twitter scoundrel, like, I think I'm just like, <laughs> like terminally online. Um, I'm still hanging I, on to Twitter. I don't I, think it's it's been fucked up, but I don't think it's beyond saving. No. I think it's like when Yahoo bought Tumblr, where it's like, oh, this is a bad situation, but it, they got rid of the porn. Oh, people no. still use it. 
Yeah. You know? But mm-hmm. uh, when I had reached out to Greg, you, um, it was <laughs> when I had just finished uh, doing a newsletter where I wrote about every single They Might Be Giants record. Uh, it was called Always Busy, Often Broken. And I wrote it in late yes. 2019. And I think I reached out to you in 2020. Like, I heard your podcast for the first time then. Um and God, uh, three yeah. years ago. I'm so sorry once again. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> I've grown as a person. <laughs> I've had character development since. Yeah, let me bring up these old emails. Oh, Continue please, on. I'm going to look them up. Ancients, mm-hmm. Ancient history now. Um, mm-hmm. 52820 uh, is the first one I got. Yeah, yeah. So that was a couple months later, but it was still fresh in my mind. Um, and I really started doing it because uh, I had done a music newsletter since about 2016 on and off and uh, was kind of in a writing rut, uh, both with like, I was like working on like TV pilots and things like that and kind of getting Mm. in in a little bit of a writing in general. And I was like, well, what do I know a lot about? It's, they might be giants. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just went album by album and kind of like read submitted myself to being a fan of theirs. Like I had like, I feel like my my fandom kind of like ebbs and flows um, where like I had a dip when I was in college and a little bit after college, but then they started doing these music hall Williamsburg shows, I think in like the 2015-ish mm-hmm. time period. And I was like, yeah. oh man, they're doing a Lincoln show. I better hang I better hang out. I better go to that. And then I got really into them again. And like again, it's like I'm a New York area, they might be Giants fan. I have been my entire time being a They Might Be Giants fan. I have no excuse. Um, <laughs> I've lived in New York. Like, I currently am a little bit outside of it, but still New Yorker. I never would have guessed Long Island, but I guess you don't You don't have, like, that working-class typical Long Island Well, Greg, uh, it's because I, I trained myself not to have it because I was Long a weird Island. teenager. Yeah? Okay. All right. You're like, no, um, I'm not going to talk like that. No, I mean, like, I, I will say, like, to bring it back to topic, like, the MIP Giants were a huge, like, part of my sort of, like, teenage uh, growth, character development, as mm-hmm. it's borrow phrase. Um, I, like, learned of them through Homestar Runner, which I think, like, I'm 31 right now. Um, and I think that uh, if you're my age and you got into them, it's you either had an older sibling or it was Homestar Runner. Like... I didn't Mm -hmm. get super into that. I'm the older sibling. (laughs) I didn't get super into them until like a couple years later, but I had heard experimental film and I was like, this is a cool band. I like a couple of their songs. Um, And then I got really, really into them when I was in high school. Um, And I also feel like, you know, um, I feel like I have omnivorous music taste now and that's because of them. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that like, if you are a DMP Giants fan and you're like, you're primed to like other types of music um, and sort of like that exploration of like, you know, you're primed for punk because they have sort of like a punk ethic to them. And like you're primed for like hip hop and rap because of wordplay and sampling and everything like that. And like even just the curiosity of being like, ooh, they've mentioned Sparks once. Who are they? Hmm, it's like mm-hmm. kind of, I love Sparks too. Um, uh, uh kind of like lead or like opening doors for you and like leading you into like other realms of music that you can like. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. And I also feel like being somebody that has like had a creative career and like managed to like 
write in some way for a living for most of my adult life. Um, I feel like both John and John were kind of the model for me to do that in terms of like how like a work ethic of about your like quote unquote art taking commercial kind of jobs when you need to like mm. things like that where like in a way I feel like I learned how to be like a, a creative by like watching what they might be giants were doing and like I, I feel like I'm like a fan forever for that like I'm so indebted to just the concept of baby envy giants for that reason yeah i know i mean it's like you know people listening and think it's pretty clear that we're talking to a writer because you put it perfectly the yeah about they might be giants opening doors into different areas of music i mean that's a perfect way to put it because i've brought up so many times on the show i don't know if you've listened to every episode but if you've listened to even a few Mm -hmm. you know that i like punk music and that i will defend they might be giants as being if not outright a punk band a post-punk band or a uh, punk aesthetically uh punk band i Uh, i'm like with you like i think that like like i feel like they learned how to do what they do from being interested in punk and like have kind of said so much themselves and i think that that's like awesome <laughs> as somebody that went from listening to they might be giants to listening to punk music <laughs> like, like the reverse um like right, that yeah. is uh like that's so there um, yeah i mean for me i guess they kind of again it's saying like they run parallel that it's they pretty much my fandoms pretty much started in parallel because i think i was into punk slightly earlier yeah because i had heard well, I'd heard Nirvana first, and I will also defend Nirvana as being a punk band. Uh, that makes sense. Till the ends of the earth. They were the one that, like, oh, they started the grunge movement. It's like, no, like, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, they did that. Mm. Nirvana were the ones that were, you know, he, Kirk means throwing himself into the drums, and, you know, Chris Novoselic is chucking his bass up into the air, he's coming down and hitting him in the face, you know, and there's feedback, and there's just noise before every track on in utero. Like, they are a punk mm-hmm. band. Mm-hmm. So, like, discovering Nirvana... And then shortly after that, like I pretty much track my my listening to three albums, and and neither of them are they my giant self came before sure, that. Sure, sure. Uh, Nirvana, Nevermind in '91, uh, and Green Day Dookie in '93, and the Blue album Weezer in '94. And so like those three albums, and like Apollo 18 snuck in there somewhere too. So I mean, I should credit that as the fourth. Oh wait, Dookie came out in '94, the very beginning of '94. So those those three albums, and then Apollo 18 is kind of like on the periphery. Not that it's less important, but honestly, I think those three albums influenced the rest of my listening more than They Might Be Giants. Because I'm the I'm like the one They Might Be Giants fan that like everyone's trying to get me into Sparks. Everyone's trying to get me into Ween. Uh, Don't I'm listen not crazy to about the bare naked ladies. Don't listen I'm... to the bare naked ladies. Just listen to Sparks. <laughs> like, honestly, I think Sparks uh... are like ten times more intentionally funny than they might be giants are. And like, yeah, if you're listening to they might be giants for being like, ha, huh, the, the lyrics, it's funny, it's witty, um, which take it or leave it. Um, Sparks are that, and like their music videos are good. They have a very nice, yeah. like, unified aesthetic to them. More new wavy uh, for most of the time. Yeah, but, you know, more kind of glam at the beginning. Oh, say, for sure. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm about halfway through the documentary, and I've listened to maybe, I mean, because I'm an album guy, I like. For sure. I think I had someone make me like 
their personal best of, and I think that was the first thing I listened to. I mean, honestly, the first Sparks thing I think I heard intentionally was Nico Case's cover. Oh, which uh, is beautiful. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and then I remember someone suggested, I think the, I mean, the first time I listened to was, um, what's the one where they're tied up in the back of the boat? Oh, um, oh my God. Is it Propaganda? Yes. Propaganda. I love that and, record. And that song came on, and I'm like, this sounds so familiar. Because <laughs> I don't think I'd realized, like, when... I first heard that Nico Case album. I don't think I bothered looking the line and said it's a cover or whatever. And that song came out. I'm like, wait a minute. They're covering Nico Case. No, wait. This album came out way before that. Yeah. I'm like, Nico Case is covering them. I'm like, oh, cool. That's a good song. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of things about Sparks that turn me off. And honestly, I think I avoided them for a long time because people were pushing them on me too hard. See, all of my cool... They Might Be Giants fan friends listened to Sparks growing up. And I didn't get into them till way later. So I kind of get yeah. it. Yeah. And then, like, I'd look them up when I'm Googling them or whatever because I'm getting into them in the very much online age. Right. There was no mystery about them. I didn't have to watch them on Top of the Pops or whatever the hell, you know. And I'm like, oh, the one guy looks kind of cool. The other guy's got a Hitler mustache. That's weird. And it's funny because that comes up in the documentary. (laughs) Right. Right. Now he has, like, a little John Waters mustache. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know. Obviously, I'm not anti-mustache, but, like, it's a weird look. And, you know, they kind of describe it as, like, uh, I don't know, just being different. Not necessarily, you know, going for Chaplin and getting Hitler, to quote Freaks and Geeks. Um, <laughs> that, you know, maybe that's kind of punk in its own way to yeah. be, like, here's something that's going to, like, draw your eye in and be, like, what's going on you? there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on yeah, with that guy? Yeah, yeah. And he's staring at the camera, which I'm sure that's where John Linnell picked it up, you know, cause they're like, you see footage of sparks oh, and, and the I camera's do, like at the side. Together. Right. And the camera's at the side and he just kind of looks at it. It's a very John Linnell move, except, except, uh, he would do it in a creepy way while Linnell, I don't know, maybe some people think that John Linnell looks at you in a creepy <laughs> way, but Linnell would kind of smile while he's doing it. I'm, I'm, know? I, I'm going to like say something that is like probably too personal, but I avoid eye contact at all costs. Like if I'm like near the front, I'm like, I don't like, no meaning like near the front of the stage at any oh, sure. show. I'm like, I don't want to make eye contact with you at all. <laughs> it's oh my too God. weird. <laughs> I don't think I've ever made contact eye contact with Linella Flans, but I've only been to four shows. Sure. And I've been up close for a couple of them. Yeah. I mean, not exclusively to They Might Be Giants, but I'm like, that feels too personal. <laughs> right. I think the last time I saw him in Indy, Cara was pregnant with Zinnia, mm. and we're like, we're not getting down there. No, we're up yeah. in the balcony. We're up in the balcony. And um, But at the last show, and I mentioned this a few episodes back, that I made eye contact, or rather, Danny made eye contact with me, which I was like in disbelief at first, but I told him I was going to be at the show. And... Uh, the spotlight had gone on the crowd, I guess, at the right moment, and Danny had wandered over there, and he looks over, and he looks at me, and he gives me one of these, like the ice, he's like, I see you, and I'm like, hey, and he's like, like that, like it's mid-song, and I'm like, oh my god, oh, Danny, what nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, uh, I'm hoping to get him on the show again to talk about nice. uh, number two at some point, but they're very busy this year. Mm-hmm. Though my most recent correspondence has been with Marty, hoping to get him on again for the first time in three and a half years. Um, Damn. Marty Me is, and Marty um, are, are tied for uh, most gaps in your show, right? <laughs> I think so. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, to get, I believe I'm so. Sorry, it was just too, an opportunity to make that joke. <laughs> oh, no. It's, you know, I, yeah. 
again, feel free to uh, rub that in nah, as much okay. as possible. Cause, it's okay. Um, hey. But like Marty, Marty's like a very introverted guy. And like, okay. it's awesome. Like he, he brings out, like he's got his rock face on stage. He rocks out super hard, but he's not used to like doing interviews and stuff. And mm-hmm. the time that I had him on, he was super into it. He wasn't like, he was very willing to share. That's nice. uh, and it was awesome. And then management kind of shut it down uh, and said, don't talk about TMBG anymore. And because uh, that's what the Johns do. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. And Marty got scared. And which oh, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm not going to put that. Marty bring up that, a spot that you might want to cut out. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's fine. Marty got, I guess, I guess scared is not the right word. Marty got like nervous about it mm. because him and Danny talked and Danny's like, wait, should we talk to Pete, their manager mm. uh, or one of the management guys? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So then Danny and I, and our first one, we ended up talking about the Red Pants Band in a couple of our episodes. Um but we kind of broke through the They Might Be Giants wall when I was looking to do a charity episode with Danny. And I said, hey, Pete, Danny wrote Elephants. I mean, that's like his song. Can he talk about it? It's a They Might Be Giants song. But can we talk about it? Because it's his song. Mm-hmm. And Pete said, yeah, it's his song. Well, there Who you better go. to talk to? And so I was talking to Marty. I'm like, you know, what if... Uh, well, first I was asking about the song Marty Beller Mask. <laughs> Um, which he didn't really give me any info on. And I think he's just as confused about why that song exists as we are. Um, But I'm like, you know, would you want to talk about speed and velocity or high five or alphabet lost and found? And he's like, yeah, run it through Pete. So fingers crossed. I think if I get shut down by Pete before this episode airs, I'll cut all that out. Please Um, do. (laughs) But uh, Marty's a great, he's, he was such a fun guy to talk to, and I just want it to happen again. I've been trying and trying. They say the Johns are like their bosses, which I think is a, a weird way to say it. They're, they've been in the band for 20 years. You know, we're about to talk about a song off of Marty's first album. You Segway. know, I mean, yeah, I remember we talked about experimental film uh, when I talked to him. I'm like, how about that? Your first album with the band and a drum fill starts the album. Yeah, I didn't even, oh, I didn't think of it that way. That's cool. Yeah, I know. He was like, yeah, I was like, that's so cool. Um, so I guess maybe we could transition to it from there. How about right that? Way. That was in, that was totally intentional. Um, uh, uh, but I guess to make sure we covered all of your Team BG fandom story, like after you got into them, so this was... So you're saying you heard them, like Spine songs were like the first stuff you heard in like 2004? Um, I think so. But then you didn't get fully into them for a couple of years? Yeah, it's a little foggy. It's like pre-YouTube or like pre-ubiquitous YouTube too. Yeah. So it was like harder to like, it's like you need to buy a song on iTunes or you need to go to Borders Books and Music, which was like how I did it. Um, and uh, so I heard Experimental Film and I loved, like, I loved it. Like I was like, this is a very cool song. I realized that I had heard them a couple other times because they had like a Courage the Cowardly Dog thing on Cartoon Network. And like I saw their name Uh. and I was like, that looks familiar. Um, (laughs) And eventually like, you know, went the MP3 route and then got like, like a best of from Borders and like started acquire, like slowly acquiring their records. And like, I think by the time I got really into them was around the time YouTube was like new. Like I remember like Mm -hmm. maybe one of the first YouTube videos I watched was the Anna Ang video. Um, so, so yeah. And then like by the time I was in high school, I was like a super, they might be giants fan and like through high school too. 
Okay, cool. And then you've and then you've remained as such. There's been no drop off. Well, you stayed with no, there's been like I feel like there's been ebbs and flows. Like when I got into college, I'm like I'm cool now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I even Same. going on this podcast, I'm like, hi, I'm a jock. <laughs> like I'm a jock. I'm no longer <laughs> the, like I'm still there every time, but I'm a jock. Um, and <laughs> oh yeah, you totally give off those vibes. Like, do you even lift, bro? I lift. <laughs> <laughs> I lift. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't. Um, Not and, since uh, baseball. <laughs> and so, like, when I got into college, I was like, I don't know. Like I said, like I got into a punk. I, LCD sound system was a whole thing. Mm. Um, uh, Slater Kinney was like one of my favorite bands in college too. Um, uh, Jeff Rosenstock, people like that. And uh, I think I saw them maybe twice the entire time I was living in New York City, which is... Oh, wow. I went to, co- I went to college in, in the city, um, which is uh, not a lot. And then, uh, you know, I think by that point, my musical palette was a little bit uh, broader. And, sure. um, and then, like, when I graduated college... And I had a job. I was like, well, now I can go to all the shows that I ever wanted to go to. And I saw like, not they might be giant. Well, also they might be giants, but also like the new pornographers and people like that, that I like had missed out on. because Everyone comes through New York. You could see literally anybody anybody, you want. Anybody. Yeah. Uh, I I only saw one band this year, I think so far. I saw Cheek Face at Bowery Ballroom. Speaking of another band that I am working on getting on the show, I'm not going to say it's for sure because I've only talked to them through their management. Someone else, not even not even their management. Someone uh, actually who's in the fandom, Michael, who was on the show uh, talking about theme from Flood, has gotten to know them uh, like casually as like a fan fan thing and mentioned the show to the singer, Mm -hmm. and he was kind of like. You know, we're really busy on tour, but, you know, maybe after. So that's a, you know, so that's a maybe. I haven't talked to them cool. directly, but I'm hoping for it because they are pretty cool. They're great. But were you were you still getting uh, They Might Be Giants albums along with that? Or were you like, yes. put them fully to the side from it? You were well, still getting uh, them. No, honestly, like, I think the uh, I had heard Join Us. I missed Nanobots. So when I started mm. listening to them again, I was like, wait, there's, it, it was around the time the new Dial-A-Song had started um and great stuff on that um but uh i was like oh i have to catch up i missed a record and like it slipped my mind um which it's fine (laughs) Mm -hmm. no strong feelings uh about that one um Um, but yeah, and then around that 2015 time, I think I went to, of that, like, Williamsburg run, like, Lincoln, the duo show, and then the very last one they did. Um, mm, duo, the duo show was show. a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, you're lucky there. There have been so few of those since, like, the original duo era, right? For sure, yeah. I mean, once Don't they started the full, you know, I don't know for sure, but, like, did they ever, like, for fun, do a duo show in the late 90s? Not that I can think of. Who's to say? That's more of, like, a modern thing. Like, the past, like, five years are like, hey, sometimes we'll throw them a bone and do a duo do that, show. Like, part of the, the show is like that. Right. First and that's half, always yeah. nice. Um, but the duo show, it was like, the first set was duo, the second set was full band. Um, right. And I, I was trying to recall, because of the song we're listening to, 
if uh, you prove me wrong that they didn't play that and it was wearing a raincoat that they did a very cool arrangement of um so yeah Oh, you were thinking like, oh, I was like, they, oh, I, they, they did, did play. Something, they did something from the spine, and I can't remember which. And I cross-checked it after you sent the live discussion, um, and I was like, mm, no, it's wearing a raincoat. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was only performed twice, but we we will get there. Mm-hmm. So first, though, we need to talk about the dial song version because this, honestly, it's kind of a rare thing uh, in this era. Like we're at the tail end of like old school dial-a-song and demos yeah. like being out there. I was, I got into them around like the last gasps of dial-a-song mm-hmm. and like, I remember calling it and I'm pretty sure it was no answer. Yeah. I think I maybe got through successfully once, you know, yeah. and it was still a landline thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to try a bunch and then I kind of would only try sporadically after that. Cause it just never, I, I, it, I heard it the song once. So broken. Yeah, 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 yeah. So broken or just busy. Always Always broken, busy, busy, often broken. Yeah. That, you know, they were aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> so the dial-a-song version, I will drop that in right here. Yeah, this one this one's also kind of a cool one because it's get, it gets documented on gigantic. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing that like pre YouTube's uh, like ubiquity, gigantic and and direct from Brooklyn were like like a godsend. <laughs> like it yeah. was like, oh, this is the way to see a video of the band that you like. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I grew up without MTV. We didn't have cable. Yeah, I didn't see any of those videos until <laughs> i think well i saw the tiny tunes ones those were on network tv yeah, tiny tunes where i saw those um but like the legit music videos i don't know i mean maybe i kind of went to friend's house or something maybe but like i mean by the time i was even watching mtv at friends houses it was like the 90s and like maybe birdhouse was making it on but mtv sure. was already getting to the point where it's like okay we've moved on to Nirvana and Soundgarden, Red Hot Chili Peppers, whatever. Like, They Might Be Giants prime MTV era was like 88 to 91 or something like that, right? Like yeah. when they're in ing and like Don't Let's Start were getting played on 120 minutes. Like mm-hmm. it was a little bit before my time. Anyways, but yeah, the VHS, I still have the VHS of Direct from Brooklyn. So I, man, I wore that thing down. Uh, it does still work, but it is... I had it on DVD and I was in Amoeba Records in LA last summer and I found, I don't think it's direct from Brooklyn. It's, I'm looking at it on my shelf. I should have brought it over. It's like the videos 86 to like 89 or something like on VHS. And I was like, 
I I have to own this. <laughs> yeah, just because it's something uh, that you don't see a whole lot. Something physical. It's tangible. Yeah, what year did that come out? I'm looking. Um, in 92, they put out a video compilation that looks like Miscellaneous Tea on the front. Was it that one? I can grab it and, and show you. Hold on. Sure. Okay, not quite. Um, this is what it looks like. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it for $4. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what is it called? It's called The Videos 1986-1989. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here it is. Came out in 89. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was their first video compilation. So that was just on the back. Toupee, Crane, and Ng, Hotel Detective. It's Don't just start, like, it's ahead. just Pink Album Lincoln. Um the first line on the back of it, because it has quite a nice summary, is John Flansburg and John Linnell are they might be giants. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then they yeah, and then they put out two years later, Miscellaneous Tea, and kind of I guess to accompany that in ninety two, this video compilation where the cover was the miscellaneous tea cover just stretched out vertically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It has somebody's face on it, and I can't make it out either. Um, don't, and it's not, it's not um, William Allen White. It's it look, it's their their glasses. It might be a close up of John Plansberg. Um I think, yeah, I think that's what we're looking at. There's a clearer one here. Check out this one on the wiki. There's a clear one that is most definitely Flansburg. Can you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, because it wraps around. Yeah. And then I think cool. Linnell is in the background. I think this, it's a purple toupee still. That's what it is. Oh. Because you know how they're kind of like superimposed the, over each other? Yeah. So like Linnell's up, fir- up front probably singing his, uh, you know, gold lame, like kind of echo part while Linnell's on the back holding the accordion, but it's very blurry. This has some great copy on the back of it, by the way. If you can, I'm not going to read it, but it's, yeah. it's delightful. Surprisingly, it does not have that all typed out on the wiki. Usually they have like... Here's the entire Maybe I'll text. Make my first contribution since 2004. There you go. Type it in there in the description. You can edit that. Yeah, that's that's a cool little piece of uh, yeah. memorabilia, nice being one. something that not a whole lot of fans have. For me, that was last year uh, starting to collect the three-inch CDs. <laughs> this is also this is going to be in the picture, but one of my record store finds is this pre-release. I have, and I, I just have an happened across yeah. it one day. It felt like fate. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? Actually, I did forget to take a picture of us. Hold up that VHS again, because that's the... Well, you can hold up that, too. But VHS is the one. That's a visual that uh, not a whole lot of people have that one. All right. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. It is a cool looking... I love that they might be, and the B is really big, because it's only two letters. Good type faces. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's like... Back in the day when each letter was on a block and you'd put mm-hmm. them, what do you call that? Love it. What was that? I don't, I, You're the writer. I, what was that called? I, I don't know. That's before my time. Block face type. Isn't this just something sure. like that? Uh. <laughs> All I know about fonts is about, is, uh, is like one, is like one third working at creative agencies and two thirds Homestar Runner. Like I, like the Homestar Runner wiki documented fonts in like a really big way. <laughs> And I'll be like, yeah, that's Bauhaus. That's mm-hmm. that's hilarious. Uh, so we we uh, played uh, the Dial a Song. I don't think I've played, and we still need to talk about it. I didn't play. Sure. We got off on the gigantic and videos uh, tangent 
which is fine. We're talking about they mm-hmm. might be giants. Let's listen to the scene from Gigantic where Flanes is recording this into uh, the tape. And this is on YouTube, uploaded by Peter, the TMBG fan. So, yeah, I guess you can search for that. I can't hide from my mind. Acoustic demo is how he has it labeled. I got my house surrounded. I know I'm in there. Come out with both my hands up and don't make me come in and get me. Don't make me come in and get me. I can't hide from my mind. Though I try, 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 I can't hide from my mind. Though I try. Hi, this is John of They Might Be Giants. You've reached They Might Be Giants dial song service. 25 hours a day, six days a week. That music at the end of the tunnel for the next generation. Thank you for calling. Tell your friends. We're going on tour in a couple weeks. So see us out there on the road. We'll be in Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and places in Florida. So uh, see you there. Bye. That was a really cool thing to see in Gigantic because we were we were all aware of Dial a Song and we had maybe gotten through on the landline, uh, maybe not, but to like see it happening, you know, we hadn't heard all those because, I mean, maybe the power of Dial a Song is kind of still a mystery even to the wiki. Like, Power Dial a Song and Power Dial a Song Two, like on the wiki, like release date mm. question marks, like. It's kind of a thing, I think, that was just, like, cobbled together over the years to a point where, like, no one really knows who put that together. Um, But, like, YouTube wasn't a thing when Gigantic came out, so, like, we hadn't heard all of those. And now to see Flansburg in the movie, like, leaning in, he's, like, hunched over his, you know, his hollow body guitar there, strumming out, I can't hide from my mind, into it and then giving the little message about uh, the shows or whatever else gigs they have. That was like mind blowing to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I have like two thoughts. We didn't talk about the demo, but I really do think this is a song that benefits from the arrangements on the spine Um, overall. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a few, but also like, I love, I love this moment too. I think that like, I like to see the office set up and mm-hmm. like the the dial a song tags, which are like obviously like my newsletter was taken from one of them. I think they're so funny. Um yeah. and uh so it's funny. just a really charming like moment. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, it, I, I, yeah, charming is the right word. I mean, and also just like what a time capsule there. People, if you haven't seen Gigantic, I mean, first of all, it's fully up on YouTube now. I think they allow it since the DVD's out of print. Um, so you can watch the whole thing. But if you find this specific one right in the forefront, are you looking at it right now? What? The uh, the YouTube. I'm of not him. looking. Okay. Oh, did. If, if you look at everything that is in the frame when he's recording this, uh, I'll find it. <laughs> just in the lower left corner prominently uh in the shot i mean we're talking okay so this is uh, 2000 there's a stack of cdrs (laughs) which i am proud to say i still have a stack of cdrs in our office somewhere because you know uh, why would i throw them away i did i (laughs) 
In the mid-2010s, uh, I was very bored, and I would burn people's CDs if they requested. Oh, same. Like, was, mixes. Yeah. yeah. I think I burned someone's um, CD, like, last year. Sick, yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, I had, like, a mixtape service, basically, where I would, like, be like, oh, I know you, or I barely know you. Do you want me to make you a mix? Mm-hmm. I'll make cover art and everything. So Yeah, my fellow olds, you know, some of us. Are, or if you're still driving a car that uh, just has a CD has player. Them. Right? Doesn't have Bluetooth, right? Yeah. But like he's got the, so there's keyboards stacked on top of each other. There's the the landline phone that with the receiver on the top. I mean, like it's not even like a late '90s like cordless telephone. It is it is probably what his modem is hooked into. The most ancient Mac I've ever seen. Yeah, it's Mac. The nice, oh. It's that like hollow like like see through body. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's making a comeback. Which is. Crazy, because you mentioned Homestar Runner and like right around when Gigantic came out. I was watching Homestar Runner between music classes in the music building's computer lab, which had those Macs in yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, like, ours did too. I was watching the Flash, old Flash versions of Homestar Runner, Strong Bad Emails on a Mac that looked like that. Yeah, like, our, so, uh, our music theory man. lab also had those. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how Flans, Flans was probably the guy where he's like, well, they're going to film this. I could clean up, but it kind of looks cooler that I don't. Like there's a boom box it's in the cool. background with, I a, like it. with a roll of bounty paper towels on top. Like it's just a mess. There's a paper taped to the wall with a list of something. I would love to know what that list is. It's probably like... Here's the next couple of months worth of Dyla songs that we're going to put on the answering machine or something. Mm-hmm. Man, I would love to know. But, but like everyone, if you haven't seen Gigantic, obviously you need to go see it. Um, and I think you can find I, DVDs on YouTube probably. Or, I mean, I'm going to say uh, eBay or something. It's a nice, you can sit down and devote your time to it, but it's also kind of a nice background watch. Kind of like a, like a unfolding laundry, kind of like have it on. Sure, it's, for it's the 10th nice. time. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't seen it in, in years, but I, I, all of it is so burned in my mind. Oh, it came. Yeah. It actually came up on on Moody's Pods, uh, Pete and Pete season because Sid Straw is in Pete and Pete, oh, and oh. I mentioned it to. I don't know if my co-host is also. They might be Giants fan, but my thing was when I would watch that, I would get so annoyed, like gigantic. I would get so annoyed because I'd be like, she's not taking this seriously. And now I watch it and now I watch it. And I'm like, that's somebody that showed up to like roast their friends. And I love that. (laughs) I respect that now. (laughs) That's kind of like her thing. Love it. That's great. I mean, I'm not that familiar. Cause she's also, I mean, she also appeared on the tonight show with them. That was, it wasn't that her. That's, um, was that statue guitar, or guitar? Guitar. I think it's. I think they play both. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think like, it was I like guitar. Those, she appeared on. Yeah. I like those performances. Yeah, um, but she's yeah, she's cool. Just like her manner of speaking too. Like yeah, the way that she talks about them in that movie is like you're kind of like because I didn't know who she was when I first saw it. No, me either. And yeah. it's like, who is this lady? Like, what is she saying? Like this is like years, the weirdest thing. <laughs> years later, I revisited Pete and Pete, and I was like, oh. There you go. There you go. Um, man, that would be someone, she would be cool to get on the show, huh? Get on the podcast. I don't know if I can make that happen. That would be cool. You can always try. I'm always up for trying. I'm never like, nah, I'm always going to go for it. Uh, still working. Yeah. Still working on the biggest names, but, uh, they would both be named John. (laughs) (laughs) 
so getting into the full song discussion, mm-hmm. I mean, why don't we go Please. ahead and talk arrangement first? Because you were saying yeah, you wanted to make a point about the dial song. Um, you know, we played it pre-tangent. Let's talk about the arrangement on that versus the arrangement on the spine. Because you said you had a point to make on that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, mostly that um, I really like, I still think the spine, I'm going to say holds up, even though we do know that it holds up. But I think that like, just in general is a very solid They Might Be Giants record. And one that I feel like most people, it's, it's not maligned, but it's nobody's favorite. I think it benefits from this very like lush, um, like production and, uh, just overall general vibe. I mean, the spine has a lot of horns. It has a lot of like mm-hmm. a lot of those harmonies. It has a lot of like really cool, um, just like sounds to it. I honestly like for a while was thinking of it as like it reminds me a lot of the spine as a whole. But I can't hide from my mind uh, a lot of like that like surfs up era beach boys where mm. it's like very, very lush and very sad, <laughs> very like, <laughs> like still melodic, but kind of emo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think, and I mean, it's like, no, like to me, no coincidence that like indestructible object had the Caroline no cover on it too, mm-hmm. because that kind of, it feels like it's of the same type of uh, like musical style. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was the emo tune off Pet Sounds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pet Sounds is all the emo tunes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they invented emo, they just didn't know what to call it yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I like, I, I think it, the way that the album version resolves differently in the last chorus is, I think, very cool. Um, mm. I took, I was mm-hmm. a music theory kid 10 plus years ago. I'm struggling here, Greg, but, you, but, you got this, you got this. Oh, thank you. Um, it, it, the way it resolves feels more final and it feels more, um, I don't know. Factual is the wrong word to use, but it, do you know what I mean? Rather than yeah. the question mark of it. Right. Yeah. Cause the, okay. So in the dial a song it's it's very and i mean these each have their own wiki page and you can people can go and look at them Um, i know (laughs) it's got right it's just this little bit of lyrics most dial a songs you know obviously are just a little truncated bit and an idea so so you're saying the end of it so like on the dial a song it just ends on like the chorus though i try 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 whereas the full version ends on the don't make me come in and get me is that uh not just lyrically but the way that that last line resolves differently okay. from the first time we heard it in the song so the way I think the chord that, like, resolves is what you what you meant yeah yeah the phrase the chord yeah yeah, yeah sorry well Musical no i'm saying like resolve you know, there's multiple meanings to that. I wasn't I meant sure. the musical. I meant yes. the musical way. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Um, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and I I really like that. Like, I think that that does a lot. That the music is complementing what the lyrics are saying in that way. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Can, I'm looking at... Um, so, I mean, the there's, uh, you know, as always, there's a guitar tab on the full one. Um, the page on the dial mm-hmm. song one doesn't have a guitar tab. Most of them obviously, don't. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if he's ending on though I try, I mean, he probably ends up on F, which it's in F. But like, 
there's some different chords going in there. There's a lot of weird chords happening on the mm-hmm. try, try, try that goes like there's a D flat major that is like not in the key of F. I mean, honestly, I might need to dig into mm-hmm. this a little more, but it's yeah. What I'm talking about is the difference between G minor to C and don't make me come in and get me. Mm-hmm. And then E flat to F and how yeah. the vocal melody kind of, uh, resolves itself in a little bit more of a way that feels final. Yeah. God, no. And I, I've always liked that. I think that's like very, for sure. Yeah. I, giving I hear it a what you're new saying context that. for, for to, to make it more literary. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, just looking at this chord progression now, I haven't bashed on it in the piano, uh, off to mm-hmm. the side in a while, but like, this is a weird chord progression. And, and now I'm I'm honestly really thinking about this because you you haven't heard it yet because the episode hasn't come out yet. But this week's episode about to come out has a pretty lengthy uh, voicemail uh, from uh, a, a relatively new fan of the show. This guy Mike Best, and people will have heard that by the time they hear this. Um, sure. I actually told him he sent me an email with all of this theory stuff. Like he's a guy who is cool. b- big into theory. He's actually a music pastor um, who was formerly a music teacher i think i'd have to look at his Mm -hmm. email again but he's like he had all this stuff like we're talking like one fours fives like we're talking chord progressions all this stuff about two old episodes which were because he hasn't caught up yet he talked it was someone keeps moving my chair and Mm. uh microphone um not this microphone but microphone and (laughs) i'm like okay i'm like okay this guy's serious i'm like hey I love this email. This all makes perfect sense to me. But what if you called in and you told, you know, rather than me reading an email, I'm yeah. like, you call in, and it, but Google Voice has a two-minute limit, and then it cuts you off. I'm like, send me, like, record yourself. You obviously know some music and you know some stuff. Record yourself. Send me an MP3. I'll drop that in as the quote-unquote voicemail. That's awesome. And so he sent me a six-minute uh, message, including, uh, like, chunking out some piano chords and explaining well, someone keeps moving my chair is not in major or minor. It's in, uh, there's, there's many modes, you know, there's eight different I'm modes aware. and, um, and our listeners hopefully are aware at this point, but it's only come up a few times. Cause for the yeah. most part, they stay in major or minor and maybe like jump to like a weird chord now and then. But this song like has got me thinking it might be in a weird mode because I mean to say, Oh, the song's in F and it starts out going A major, F major, D flat, C. I mean, I mean, it ends on an F, but that's like a rudimentary mistake where it's like, hey, the song ends on F. Yeah, it's yeah. clearly an F. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of times that's a pretty good guess because usually in a rock song, you can't that you can't trust be, it though. Right, not with they might be giants, especially right. Um, mm-hmm. and lots of times, even just, even if you're not going into some weird mode, there are these things called deceptive cadences, which are really fun. If mm-hmm. you really want to fuck with your audience and make them feel like, uh, and then it just doesn't resolve or whatever, you know, you end on, or like a half cadence where you end on the five or, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a million different things. So in this song, I mean, do you think, uh, I mean, should we try to figure this out together? What do you think? I don't think it's I, enough. I'm, I don't think I'm well. I'm as well equipped as I might think I am to figure this oh, out. Oh, <laughs> come on. You can help me. Okay, so I'm looking okay. at... Uh, so the way that, to learn modes, I mean, honestly, for most people, if you want to really learn about modes, 
first you need to know like where the half half steps are in major and minor because that's right. what kind of determines how those why they sound like that right a major is is right the half step between the three and the four that's minor right. the half steps between the two and the three i mean that's what defines that difference you know and then the the upper half step is different too but like starting out the scale and what makes the one chord a major chord or a minor chord it all has to do with where that half step is now the other modes basically are going to put the half steps other places Mm-hmm. Uh, like Dorian is the one I could always remember off the top of my I, head. Yeah. Because if you start, if you play the white keys starting on D and play from D to D, only playing the white keys, you're going to end up in Dorian, which, Dorian, which yeah. sounds minor at the bottom. But then it has the, so it has a half step between the two and three. And then four, five, six, between the six and the seven. Instead of the five and the six of minor, it's between the yeah. six and the seven. So it's got this weird top end to it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So the half steps between the two, you know, the two and the three, and then the six and the seven, while all the other modes basically, like you could figure them out by, okay, start on E and play just the white keys. That'll put a half step at between one and two, which is really freaking weird. Uh, and. And also, Aeolian and Ionian, those are the Mm -hmm. old school names uh, for, you know, major and minor, Ionian and Aeolian. Um, There's like modes that Gregorian chant and stuff, if you've heard any of that. (laughs) But like, someone keeps moving my chair. Like, he actually uh, makes a debate for a different mode, because I think he said, because I can remember, this was like 200, like 150 episodes ago. And he said, I think I had said it was in Lydian, and he made a case for it being in Mixolydian. <laughs> so this is like <laughs> ultimate music nerd stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. It, this is something that like I was, I grew up playing music and like was a little bit nerdy about and lost at some point. Mm-hmm. And so this is like unearthing things I haven't thought about in a very <laughs> long time. But but like I miss thinking about music in this way and like don't get to anymore. Yeah. It's fun, and I think, like, I shied away from it at first because I thought people would be like, boring, but turns out, not so much, I guess. Yeah, that intro, that is a weird intro. And they're all major chords. That D flat is really bizarre, yeah. I've got my house surrounded and I'm in there I'm both my hands up And don't make me come in and get me yeah. Don't make me come in and get me So that C, you're kind of like, ah, that feels good um, The G minor makes sense because that's the two of F yeah. So if, if you're saying, oh, it's an F I think That makes sense Would, the, would maybe the... That verse and other verse be in slightly be in different modes, or would that? I mean, to me, well, it's. I mean, that verse does seem like maybe it is an F. Yeah, right. I mean, that I get. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's going one, two, six, five. Mm-hmm. It's a weird progression, but it's in F. I mean, it's a cool progression. But then we get to the I can't hide from my mind, and that D flat comes back around. 
which is not in the key of F. Mm-hmm. I can't hide from my mind. Oops, hold on. There it is. I can't hide from my mind. That is weird, though I try. like fall into the C so that mm -hmm. D flat's out of the key it's like I mean I guess man okay alright what mode is this hold on we can figure this out so okay one two three four so it's got the major at the bottom five six man I don't know if that is one of the I don't think that is one of the modes. You got, you got, uh, this is just something yeah. completely fucked up. You got the half step between three and four, like as if it were major. But then another half step, like almost immediately between the five and the six. So it's like you've got major on the bottom and minor at the top. Mm -hmm. uh, that makes any They're sense. They're not playing by the rules. No. They're punk. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing I wish I could do. I wish I could just like, fuck it. You tell me I can't play the chord. I'm going to play that chord. Um, but it is kind of cool because the D flat falls into the C, right? Mm. Yeah. From my mind, though I try, 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 and then F B flat C. That's just one four five one four. So it does this one four one four flat six. I I mean, mm. instead of. Instead of a D minor doing a instead of a D minor doing a D flat major, which keeps the F in the middle. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So it keeps the F in the chord instead of a D minor, a D flat major. It's like a little chromatic in between. The C major yeah. and the D minor. It's a really weird choice, but it's super cool. So I guess I wouldn't say, well, then we got an E flat that comes later. What the fuck, Flans? <laughs> Don't make me come in and get me. Don't make me come in and get me. It's a weird way to end it because that is just like out of nowhere. Like there's no other... E flats in the song, just all of a sudden, like the no. coda, he's like, hey, here's another chord that's not in the key. <laughs> but you get what I mean about it feeling like a, like a, like a, the ending of a sentence yeah. by doing that. Uh -huh. And I think that that's, that's always been super, super interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, do you think that, that E flat coming in out of nowhere, do you think that's part of what gives it that feeling? I, I, I think it does. I also think the fact that the the verse being repeated mm -hmm. entirely, I mean, they add the G minor, they add the A flat to A minor to B mm. flat, which is not in the initial one too. Yeah. There's a lot that are kind of feeding this sort of like, uh, just like overall feeling that, I don't know. I noticed. Yeah. It's working. No, for sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because, yeah, the, the first verse, I mean, it's the same words. I've got my house surrounded. I know I'm in there. 
come out with both my hands up. But the first time through, like when I bashed out just then, I'm like, oh, it's just F for that whole thing. It's just, yeah, it's just, whoops. I've got my house surrounded, I know I'm in there. Come out with both my hands up. Just the F the whole time. But then, yeah, that second time. Yep. I've got my house See, that's so good. <laughs> it is. Come out with both my hands up and don't make me come. Oops. Don't make me. That is, I mean, this is like, this is, this is shit where in a Linnell song, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's just, man, Chord-wise, it's just moving up, 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 where mm-hmm. in that first verse, it just stagnates on the F, yeah. which works yeah. for a pop song, you know, like just chill on the one chord, no problem. <laughs> but then sure. but then this time, oh, I'm not just going to chill on the F. I'm going to go one, minor two, and then, yeah, so you go one, minor two, Fine, minor yeah. three, major four, minor sixth, and then this fucking E flat out of nowhere... <laughs> Which boosts you up into the F. Mm-hmm. It's the, uh, yeah, craziest thing. That totally, yeah, now that, like, playing that under my fingers, it's the kind of thing where a Linnell song, where you're like, oh, a keyboardist wrote this song, right? Because, like, you look at it on the keyboard, you're like, it doesn't yeah. make sense on guitar. And this is one of those instances. Because, like, who wants to play G minors? That's not a cool chord. You got to bar it. That's too much work. This is, like, a keyboardist kind of trick. It's a total, like, it totally is like a fuck you because it's like, I'm climbing up nicely in the key signature and then E flat, like right before the end. It's like, you thought it was going to be an E, but it was an E flat. (laughs) Sounds cool. That is really Um, cool. Yeah. I think that, like, to move us into the lyrical part, because we keep saying them, (sighs) um, I have two ideas here. Sure. One is that this is the most straightforward like song. <laughs> this is you're trapped in a prison of your own creation. Mm-hmm. End sentence. <laughs> That's just all it is. Um, my other thing and my big we were, you mentioned something about talking about lyrics with him every giant spence earlier. I am the minority here because I think that Lyrics, as they might be giants, uses them. Lyrics in a lot of songs are used as instruments. They're not, they're saying something, but the same way that like a melody and a harmony is a musical tool or like the voice is an instrument, the guitar is an instrument, the lyrics themselves are just an instrument of just like a part of the puzzle of Mm -hmm. the song that makes the song the song. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. And I also feel like I've heard Linnell say this about Birdhouse where it's like, yeah, those lyrics were written after I wrote the melody. They're not that. They're not really that deep. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that like like everybody wrings their hand. All the movie Giants fans are like wringing their hands, trying to figure out what this means, any of what this is, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the intent or anything. But it's like no. It's first of all, this one's really straightforward, and second, this is like it's just part of the song. Mm-hmm. It's not. 
It's serving yeah. the musical purpose and it's reflecting what the chords are doing. See, I'm when we yeah, when we totally. talked about the we were saying that verse like four million times over and over trying <laughs> trying to figure mm-hmm. out like what makes it the chords. Yeah. It's uh and I can see it from both directions because I mean, you're not the only one. I remember early on, Spencer, good friend of the show, mm. uh, mm-hmm. early guest, frequent guest, um, said, like, you know, he's been a lifelong They Might Be Giants fan, and, like, you know, usually he doesn't think about the lyrics until he has to come on an episode, <laughs> or he <laughs> hears an episode, and he's like, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Like, you can fully enjoy They Might Be Giants and not give a shit about interpretations the of the lyrics, right? Yeah. You could yep. sing them. Because they're pretty, they make a good rhyme, there's cool wordplay and rhythms within those, but not have to be like, oh, what kind of mindset? John Linnell <laughs> clearly got kicked in the balls right before he wrote this song, and he was like, Jesus oh, Christ, that's sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go with the most wacky interpretation that I could. Like, I am, you go to oh, the interpretations yeah. tab, and clearly this is about is a, a guy who got injured, uh, you know, in a very sensitive area. Uh, <laughs> interpretation number two, uh, Flansburg fell down the stairs and, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. all this wacky stuff, like I'm just, uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm, I'm making a caricature of myself in, uh, my interpretations by coming up with the mm-hmm. stupidest possible interpretation <laughs> of Flansburg taking a football to the groin. This contest is over. Give that man the $10,000. This isn't America's funniest home videos. But the ball is growing. It works at so many levels. Roll it again. I can hear from both ways. Also, as a guy who is into punk, there are Mm -hmm. lots of punk bands where... The message is so important. And I yeah. and I like some of those bands. I like some of those bands. Yeah. I mean, especially the ones from the eighties. Modern political punk bands, I could outside of propaganda who are not even really a modern band, they've been around fucking forever. Outside of yeah. that, I'm just like, bah, whatever. Uh whatever problem you're singing about has probably already passed. Uh, <laughs> you know, thanks to whatever, the twenty four hour news cycle. Something else has come up now. Uh, it's a little harder to be a political punk band these days and stay you sure, know, yeah, on yeah, top yeah. of everything, right? Um, and then there's a lot of punk bands where the lyrics don't mean shit, like Blank-182, where it's just like dick jokes, right? Um, and I'm also a huge fan of Shoegaze, where the lyrics really don't matter at all. No. You're not supposed to understand them or interpret them. I'm sure mm-hmm. people do, but when I listen to My Bloody Valentine... I'm like, I'm happy if I can pick out a phrase to sing along. I'm not like, yeah. I'm like, oh man, Kevin Shields. He was, uh, mm-hmm. he was really depressed because he was about to make his record label go out of business. Uh, you know, so I can see it from both ways. Cause I enjoyed They Might Be Giants for most of my life, not digging into the lyrics too much. Um, yeah. but on occasion there'd be a song where I'd be like, man, that's really weird. Like what? Could they have, you know, and kind of like the wheels would be turning, but I wasn't doing it for every song. And, you know, if I look down my spreadsheet, it's not like I've got some interpretation of all 900 songs in my head ready to go. I usually don't think of them until like the week prior to recording the episode. Okay, Mm -hmm. what what could this be about, if anything, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I see where you're coming from for sure. And it's definitely a valid. totally clear. (laughs) Yeah. Some of them are obvious, Um, Mm -hmm. you know? I also have kind of thought that, like, 
I like fun is kind of a, a cousin to the spine in that way too. Like they okay. have a lot of overlap in, in, I feel like 2004. And then also was that like 20 to 18, 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to know every date perfectly, Greg. Uh, I like fun came out in January I, of 2018. I couldn't tell you the exact yeah. date, but the very beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they both feel like, like aging wise, like really at certain moments where like the spine, like to me, the spine feels like all of this time they've been like, I hope that I get old before I die. (laughs) And then they're in their (laughs) forties and it just happens. And like, this is, this to me is the, the album, like the spine reckons with that the same way. Like I like fun reckons with that where it's Mm -hmm. not direct, but it's kind of there. Um, and that's why I like both of them. Yeah. (laughs) At the age of 58 and now he is five years older. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you never want to put your exact age into a song. No, I don't know. Does he change (laughs) that? Have they played it since he's gotten into his (laughs) sixties at the age of 62 or whatever? 2020? (laughs) Yeah. The fateful couple days before the pandemic in 2020. I saw them twice. Oh, you, yeah. You got in right under the wire there before everything went to shit. Very nice. Well, I bought tickets to two shows thinking one of them I'll get snowed out. One of them I'll be like, I don't. You know, it's snowing and I don't want to go. And then I ended up going to both. And that was the best decision I made. <laughs> that seems just such like a wonderfully naive uh, pre-COVID thing to think like, man, maybe it'll be snowy that day. Not like everyone's dying so we can go to shows. Like, what, yeah. it, isn't it nice to think about a time where you're like, ah, it's too cold. Maybe I won't go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, we need to go to the show because what's going to happen next? Nuclear war? I mean, like, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what an I, innocent had tickets, time. I had tickets to see them in in uh, September of 2020 at the Mink Car Show. And then mm. when that got rescheduled, I was out of town and then it got rescheduled again. And I was not around. I was not available. <laughs> um but yeah, the last two times I saw them, they were the last two concerts I went to. And it was uh, concerts nine and ten. Yeah. Which feels like, there you go. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I would love mm-hmm. to see them a buttload more times. But just, again, like, I feel like I blew it, too, in that, I mean, I've always lived in the Midwest, but, like, they go to Chicago on every major tour. Sure. I mean, Indianapolis, not every time. Um Indiana at all, not every time, not most tours, yeah. honestly. Um, like the Indianapolis date was added way later when it came to the flood mm-hmm. tour and then pushed, pushed, pushed like everything else. But right. uh, now that, that, like pre kids, I feel like I should have been, you know, sure, I'll drive six hours to Cleveland to see him or whatever. And now that I have kids, it's like I, I hear about people going to five shows in a row and I'm like, that sounds nice. <laughs> I can't even do that, and I don't have children. <laughs> That's a lot of money. It was a big thing for me. You said something about standing in the balcony. Mm. It was big for me when I went to see Cheek Face, and I was like, I think I'm going to stand in the balcony this time. It's an adult <laughs> like, decision. I don't need to. I don't need to be. I don't need to be in the fray. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, they can't have that big of mosh pits at Cheek Face shows. I wouldn't no, think. No, <laughs> I know, but you know, crowd, you know, crowds and everything. Yeah, everyone's kind of bumping uh, and saying sorry. Oh, sorry. Hey, excuse sorry, me. Sorry, sorry. Uh, it's the most pleasant mosh pit you've ever been a part of. <laughs> I also, I also, uh, uh, it was before I was in my thirties, but I did opt out of a pit, and I was like, wow, I'm old now. 
<laughs> yeah, that you know, they kind of, that kind of thing creeps up on you. But then I you let accept my friend, it. I said, "Go ahead." Yeah. <laughs> to the friend I was with. Go, youngster, fly go. free from the nest. You're three years younger than I am. Go, go, crowd surf <laughs> from the nest. <laughs> yeah, being in the balcony, you know, honestly, I, I, I mean, I think it's kind of like. You know, every once in a while you get up close, but like the balcony, it's pleasant. The mix usually sounds better rather sounds than good, being yeah. right up to the stage where the gallery ballroom, which is nice. Yeah. 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 Yes. And I've s- seen the Ivy Giants there. It's a very nice room to see them. Some venues have some really amazing balconies too. Some mm-hmm. uh, old theaters and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's like to sum up my thoughts on the lyrics to this song. I think they're, they're beautifully put. They're very well put. While it's not something we need to dig into incredibly, like for the yeah. meaning, it's just put together in a kind of cool, uh, more intellectual way. You know, saying like, like I always thought it was very clever that I've got my house surrounded, like that kind of thing. I was like, you know, when it was when it came out, I was twenty two or whatever, twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my house around. I know I'm in there. I'm like, oh, Flans, you're the coolest. <laughs> you're the coolest. That's just so cool. <laughs> Um, you know, don't make me come in and get me. Like, I love that. Yeah, like it's, it's funny and it's sad, and exactly, I know that that's right. their whole thing, but it's like the encapsulation of it. Yeah, you know? it's their wheelhouse. Why wouldn't they go in their wheelhouse? I mean, you know, don't make me come in and get me. It's just like, uh, like it seems like a line where it's like, why didn't you think of that lyric, you idiot? Like that's just like it's sitting right there. Like why didn't you come up with that? Flans was the one that came up with that, right? Today. I mean, today. Um, and, like, I, I was like, oh, trapped in the prison of your own creation. Mm-hmm. It's also that, like, that lyric is like, well, you know it. You know it. You're the person doing it. Don't make me come in here <laughs> and get me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think everyone can relate to, I mean, even if you just brace, break it down to a way where you can relate it to your own life, just that chorus. Like, even if you pay attention to no other lyrics, the chorus is always the lyrics you learn first because you hear it the most. It's the catchiest part in most songs. I can't hide from my mind, though I try, try, try. I can't hide from my mind, and you know why. That's the kind of thing where you could relate to almost anything, where you're, like, kicking yourself the next day. You're like, oh, like, someone was a jerk to me. I should have said this. Like, that's, like, the typical thing, like, right? Like, you've got something keeping you awake, or you're, like... You're like, oh, I got money issues. I'm thinking about yeah. this thing, and I'm up all Rumination. night. I'm like, I want to be able to put this thing out of my mind, but I can't do it. I can't hide from my mind. Everyone's, yeah, you're, you're, you're stuck in your own head. You can't, you can't get away from it. Everyone can relate to that. And just a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of cool imagery and stuff like that. You know, the meaning is is right there for you to get, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. The bars are in my eyes, and kisses make you cry. Emo AF. <laughs> Smiles turned out misleading and memories a lie. Flancy boy. Yeah. I this is a this is a sad one. <laughs> this is a sad one. I mean, same, you know, same album as Memo to Human Resources, a song that I'm not a oh, huge fan of, but lyrically I like it. Lyrically, I I I like the lyrics. I just don't think it's like the I don't know. Musically melodically it doesn't get me but it's in that same realm where it's like flans you okay buddy you know what's going yeah on right i now? would rank this i know we're going to do that later but i would rank this above memo to human resources i feel like they're similarly like i like you know similar themes mm-hmm. but i think this one's superior <laughs> me too yeah me too mm-hmm. i'll have to look back at what i i ranked it forever ago 
that that was the song episode where people started giving me shit for not liking the spine. I'm like, I like the spine. I just don't like that song. And I think I mentioned in the episode, a lot of it was like, I had gotten the indestructible object EP before this. And like, mm. I thought it was an okay song on that uh, EP. And then they put it on the spine. Also, I'm like, I've already heard the song You're a million like, times. Right? I, I wonder if I could find it. I once did a, uh, a re like a re mixing for lack of a better way of the spine mm. where I moved songs from the spine surfs alone into it. I just I talked you, about this. I was just I talking the about this. Spine surfs alone. Yes. Cause wait, did you listen <laughs> to the episode on, um, I don't think I did yet. I'm sorry. Okay. I am behind. Oh, the spine remix. Okay. <laughs> I found it. I had to open iTunes. The spine remix. Awesome. And I, yeah. With, made with MP3s on iTunes. Uh, made with MP3s on iTunes. Yeah, hit the me, only hit way me. that the MP Giants yeah. fans should be listening to the MP Giants. I'm kidding. Um, Especially uh, when you, you know see. you're downloading. Uh, you're you know you're not going to get the Power of Dial a song on Spotify yeah, no, no, no. ever. You got to get I, the rips. I used an iPod Classic as my primary music source until about twenty twenty one. Solid. Yep. Um, and then I caved and I started using Spotify, which, you know. Okay. Uh, I have Experimental Film, Spine, Memos Human Resources, Wearing a Raincoat, Prevenge, which I have mixed feelings on, but whatever. Thunderbird, Bastard, Now is Strange, um, mm -hmm. World Before Later On, Museum of Idiots, It's Kicking In, The Spine Surfs Alone, uh, Al Contraire, Damn Good Times, I'm All You Can Think About and I Can't Hide From My Mind. Like, I feel like Now is Strange, The Spine Surfs Alone, and I'm All You Could Think About complement this mm -hmm. album better than, I think I removed, what did I remove? I removed Spine's Stock of Wheat and maybe Broken too. Removed Stock of Wheat. You need to listen to I the... Uh, I don't like Stock of Wheat. <laughs> <laughs> I love... <laughs> was, <laughs> was that your modern YouTuber version of like where they just distort the audio yeah. and turn everything yeah. red? Uh, yeah. That's a weird thing. Um <laughs> We talked about how you handled the little microphone that's dangling out of your ear. <laughs> we talked about this, we talked Aaron. About God. Um, but you need to listen to the episode um, on I'm All You Can Think About, which was just Ooh. four episodes ago uh, with oh, Sophie good. McKenna. And we basically mm -hmm. did exactly what you just did. We didn't go like full on track list, but basically, I mean, to sum it up for, for you, everyone heard this about a month ago, and you should go listen mm -hmm. to it. Mine. My thing is that, and what people have heard me say a million times, is that the spine is too samey. Now, we say that maybe that's probably intentional. They're like, okay, Mink Car, maybe people had mixed feelings about that. I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, it was too all over the wow. place. Let's make a full-on, just like, power pop rock album. My The song that, like, obviously there's all the pop bangers and Spine has a million great songs, but Stock of Wheat is the one, like, Mink Car-ish song on the spine where it's like crazy. where it's like oh finally there's some different instruments it's not just guitars there's a tuba I, yay okay. there's a tuba finally there's tuba oh. there's a you know oh man it's it's what i want the spine to be is weirder keep stock a week give me five okay. more of those put in well that's, uh the spine that's surf why alone. you swap in three songs from the spine surf alone but i and also you have a better record <laughs> i also want Am I awake in there? Because that's like oh, the man. It's so okay. loud in here. Of right, mm -hmm. I love Mink Car because you got like let's say stock I do of love wheat. Man, it's so loud in here. I do think that that's like 
top tier they might be giant. So let's say Am I Awake is like from the Spine era. Am I Awake is the Manitola in here. Uh, Stock of Wheat is like the Wicked Little Critter of of mm. the Spine. If I'm just going to compare them to like Minkar songs, like I don't know what the Mr. Excitement would be. Maybe Scullivan. Uh, you know, so like bizarre songs or Fun Assassin. It's sung by someone who's not in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if they took those best songs from the EPs, the weird ones, the ones that are not just like a rock song. Got Spine Surfs Alone. I mean, it's like a garage rock. It's still kind of rock, but it's out of their wheelhouse. You got Scullivan, Mm -hmm. Weird Voices. You've got Fun Assassin, Super Poppy, but sung by Robin. And uh, Johnny Craig from Space Hog. You know, just like all these weird ones that they shoved to the side. I'm like, no, get those in on the Spine. Make Spine a 19-track album and put all of that in there. Get rid of Memo to Human Resources. My (laughs) other weird music take, which also applies to They Might Be Giants, is most albums need two or three less songs. (sighs) Completely. Come on, as someone who listens to punk albums, you can't... Come on, Bomb the Music Industry, I mean... Not that they had like twenty too track long. albums, but too long. Okay. Okay. <laughs> too long. <laughs> Their name too long. Uh, Another a Long Island band. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, God, I've been yeah. trying to get Rosenstock on the show for fucking years. I'm like, Mike Park, please help me. And he's like, Oh, I forgot again. Oh, Rosenstock moved across I, country. I'm like, ah, fine. Like, I don't want to bug Mike Park too much. He's a wonderful man. <laughs> You know, uh, that's cool. I can only well, ask for so many favors. For you, I know because I, I want to hear it. <laughs> I know. I just love talking to it. I love that this show has been inroads into talking to people I never thought I would ever have a conversation yeah. with uh, over a shared love for this band. It's been super cool. It's awesome. It's been super cool. So much fun. Now uh, to totally jump to something else, what do you think of Go the little it. Radiohead trivia thing that they put on the wiki? What uh, is the deal with that? Is there anything to okay. that or do we just skip it? Should it I mean, I, I think, think I think like, like take it or leave it. Um, I have two thoughts. One is that it feels like a remnant of the wiki many years ago that like nobody looked at. Well, I feel like we um, need to read it first. Do you want to read that little uh Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There? Sorry, I, cl- I closed the tab when I was looking for my hot takes. It's, um, it's the first bullet in the trivia. Well, yeah, first this song, song appears in mm-hmm. Gigantic mm-hmm. with footage of Flensburg recording the Dial-A-Song version. It is reminiscent of Radiohead's recording Big Boots in the rockumentary Meeting People is Easy. Okay. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, like, I said, like, not to take a shot at the wiki, but, like, this is a stretch. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, um, it's, I mean, why? It's a demo with scratchy guitars. Yeah. I also, like, I famously, ha- I'm, like, not into Radiohead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow, okay. I just never, I never really, like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> they were a band that I pushed um, back against for for long against for a long time, kind of for punk reasons, which makes no sense. But like, no. I came up hearing Radiohead in like the alternative era, right? Mm-hmm. Pablo Honey, the bands, like those big kind of rock oh, songs. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, they're fine, they're fine. And then I kind of forgot about them and got into punk stuff. And to me, OK Computer, like, there's some crazy genius stuff going on there that I will admit now. But I totally skipped the record when it came out because that was not punk to me. Like in my narrow view of punk in 1997 I... or whenever that was. Um, but like this recording here, this uh, and I put it in the email. Usually when I write emails to my guests ahead of time, I'm not gonna like tip my hand as like this is what I think about it because I want to save yeah. that for the recording, right? But in yep. this case. <laughs> I said, 
Here's the Radiohead thing they mentioned on the wiki. Not really sure why this is relevant. Dot, dot, dot. Two different bands recording a demo. Anyway, here it is. So, like, right off, I'm like, I think this is dumb, but here's what the wiki said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll drop in, like, ten seconds of this Big Boots thing. visual than anything because mm-hmm. if you watch it on youtube it's like okay it's it's black and white because you know it's artsy it's radiohead uh here's them sitting in their studio uh with lots of money over a big board in this huge live room that's super nice how is that the same as flansburg hunched over an answering machine not the no, same not. at all it's not the slightest <laughs> also also like to clarify i don't like dislike Radiohead and I also don't like haven't avoided them for punk reasons (laughs) like I just like I'm like okay like I'll get into them someday I did I did play the V it wasn't VR because I was playing it on a PS5 the like immersive thing they did I can't remember what it was very cool I'm very into like immersive theater and stuff like that and I thought it was like really really awesome yeah so I maybe that. i'll that try radio cool. maybe i'll try okay computer yeah <laughs> again Kara was the one that got me into that when we first met because we bonded over all this like emo and punk stuff um like death cab for cutie was just starting to break big in like college yeah. radio like they hadn't even yeah. really broke big they're still on barsook and all that and so they were one of the first bands that we really bonded over together like as a band coming up right when we met in 2002 um 21 years ago. Uh, but Radiohead, I was like, I remember going over to her dorm room for the first time. I was like, Jets to Brazil, Alkaline Trio, posters, like all this stuff. That mm-hmm. I was just like, oh yeah. Like, I'm like, this girl gets it. And then like Radiohead, I'm like, eh, you know, it's kind of like that. And, uh, and over time, it kind of sunk in for me. And some of my other friends that I was in punk bands with were like, man, kid, hey, you got, I mean, got. And I, I get it now. I'm, I'm not. Sure. I wasn't totally sucked into like, okay, this band is like one of the most important bands ever. But like, I get it. Like, I listen to them. And they're like, there's cool stuff going on there. And like, talking to Stan Harrison, touring with them, he was mm-hmm. on the Kid A track, the national anthem. I mean, he is on. They might be giant stuff. He's on Radiohead. That's a weird. That's a cool crossover. He was I don't also. Think I knew that. He was also on uh, the Bowie "Let's Dance" record in his early wow. days. So I mean, he's a fucking cool dude. I mean, we can yeah. say that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Radiohead uh, recording. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is like if you if you listen to it, you're like, oh, it's kind of similar. It's like a real grainy sounding demo. But if you look at the visual of it it's different they're just kind of like bashing out the song but it's this huge studio and then you got flans in his cramped apartment if anybody who's brave enough to edit the wiki listens to this and makes the decision that this should be removed can you like think about (laughs) us while you do it (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'll just do it right now um i mean it's something to like have that because lots of times have that in the interpretation because sometimes stuff in the interpretation 
Like if enough people agree with it, it somehow moves its way to the trivia. I'm not sure who does I that. I don't think that makes sense, um, but okay. No, but uh, I don't well, know what well, the law is. Well, okay. In some instances, it does make sense because in, even though it's called the interpretations tab, some people will point out important stuff like, oh. like, oh, they're like Linnell. They said X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. or okay. like Linnell, like this melody, he's clearly riffing off of this '60s song, and then like you go and ABM, and you're like, oh yeah, like that is for yeah, sure, and it'll move to the trivia, and maybe it'll say he's probably riffing on this, but like it's it's. Yeah. Well enough documented well, that, like, we okay, we think this is important. But this, it is reminiscent of Radiohead recording Big Boots. That sounds like something that, like, you know, kick it into the interpretation tab. Fine. Leave it in there. I'm fine with it being in there. Some guy who's really into Radiohead being like, oh, it's really like that scene. Fine. But it doesn't deserve to be on the front page of this song, no. you know? So, nope. whatever. Well, um, moving on. <laughs> maybe I will go into the edits uh, history and find out who put it in there and shame them publicly. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't do no, that. No, no, <laughs> Only kidding. if they come on the pod. <laughs> if they come on the podcast, yeah, maybe I'll It'll get an like, email. I have a question for you. <laughs> I'll get a voicemail from someone. I'm that guy. Yeah. Did you open? <laughs> did you open a tab to edit this and paste your thoughts about Radiohead onto an irrelevant page? And no one noticed it and thought to remove it. Oh. Should we move on to the one live version that we have from the two? Yeah. Perform- okay, so it's performed twice, both on the same day, January 25th, 2004. They did an early show and a late show. The one I found, I don't know which is which because okay. uh, Museum of Idiots, the wonderful site where I grab so many of my things from, the bootlegs, uh, it just has 125-2004 listed, whereas... Like the wiki, there's a one twenty five two thousand four A and B, right? So I don't know mm-hmm. which one, um, but you know they only decided they liked this song enough one day of their career. <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. So let's listen to it. Thank you. 
Um, it's really faithful to the recording, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. Um, drums especially. Yeah. Uh, there's that Marty Beller. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I also like both on the album, like on, cause I think it's also like this on the album when they back each other on songs. I think that's very like charming and like old school, they might be giants to me rather than doubling the vocal. Yeah. You know, actually now that I'm looking at the credits, uh, it has both them listed like it on the well, record. It's saying that Linnell does do the backing vocal for Flance, which yeah, it's great. But I agree with you. Like when stuff's just like all Linnell harmonies and then you hear Flans on a live version, you're like, that's cool. Cause like the timbre of their voices, the difference, there, it, it's got a cool feeling to it. Right. It um, does. It does. But yeah, you mentioned the drums, like there's bongos on the record. They busted out those bongos. Maybe that's why oh, yeah. they only played it that one day. Cause those bongos were just so heavy. It's fussy. <laughs> We're not bringing those bongos a, along. It's a fussy that, arrangement. <laughs> it's got bongos. You We're can't only, replace that with an accordion. We're only doing this once, folks. The bongos, they can't go on tour. <laughs> so uh, I think we're into the, the cover section. Cover section. Um, mm-hmm. And let's start. Uh, let's. I don't know. Should we pick up the pace a little bit? We're getting. We could. I mean, I'm. We could. We're having a grand old time, but I could pick up the pace. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Let's do the Palette Jacks first. Now, the Palette Jacks is a band, and this dude who loves giving little intros to uh, his songs is, I guess, the front man of this band. So he does a lot of uh, solo stuff on the Palette Jacks uh, YouTube channel. And so let's listen to this ukulele cover of The Muppet Giants. I can't have from my mind. Here it is. Classic uh, President's Name of Giants t shirt. Oh, that's right. With yeah. uh, who you got on there? Nixon and uh, FDR. And now that's that's like my era, they might be Giants t shirt. Yeah, that's the clock radio. Mm-hmm. Like you, you first radio, going to their website podcast. for the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah, that like old Flash website that was kind of carnival y. Loved it. Yeah, the chopping mm-hmm. block. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this. I'm surprised it has, does not have more views. We have, like, I think a few of them used the ukulele. I think it sounds nice on the ukulele. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. And there's a lot of crossover with ukulele players and they might be giants. That's why I did yeah. a whole Patreon episode that? about it. Uh, why? I should have this guy on the next ukulele one because it's, mm. I think it's the kind of thing where our, like, nerdiness or whatever you want to say it, like, 
the type of person that's into a band that's as smart as they might be giants might also like some kind of like weirder instruments like the accordion. A lot of they might be giants fans take of the accordion. Mm. What's a lot cheaper and easier to learn? The ukulele, right? I, so I grew up playing music. I was a sax player for cool. like most, a lot of my youth into college nice. and um, was like learned piano for like music theory reasons and was like learning guitar for a while. But when I went to college and I didn't want to cart any of that with me, I bought a ukulele. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. It's a very common music teacher instrument too, like elementary music teachers. Yeah. Cause it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. that doesn't take up a whole lot of room. You just, whoosh, and then you got your ukulele. Yep. I've taught it to uh, third graders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Moving on. Let's skip over the blue commas real quick, because like I mentioned mm. in that follow-up, there's like a little pairing there that goes with that one. So let's let's save that one. Let's jump to my good friend mm-hmm. Carrie Hearn, one of just a handful of people who I met through I saw her first on her covers videos. And this is a classic Carrie mm-hmm. Hearn Jassy Cat covers video. The first time I ever saw her was her playing guitar, singing on her YouTube channel, They Might Be Giants Covers. And I have since met in person and collaborated with on songs, etc. Nice. Um, is part of the covers crew now. But this is classic, Ooh. classic Carrie Hearn. This is not modern uh, covers crew. This is pre-induction uh, to the covers crew. So let's listen to it from five years ago. Um, yeah, not too long before I started the podcast. Here's Carrie with I Can't Hide From My Mind. think about her cover now greg mm-hmm. i did notice mm-hmm. that you commented i'm going to play this and and the response was oh my god this was five years ago yep. do you think that people appreciate when you dig up their old ass covers i think well you think carrie knows <laughs> you know you know her yeah right Car- i know yeah. carrie um I mean, for the most part, it's fun. Like, I don't comment on every video that I'm going to play. But if mm-hmm. it's one that I think is, like, super out there, like, there was this guy that I found a harp cover of, what was it? I don't know, Birdhouse? Like, something crazy, like a harp, like mm-hmm. a legit big-ass harp. And I'm like, I want this guy in the podcast. You got it. Right. Like, I don't know their real name. Like, a lot of YouTube channels, they don't put, like here's how to reach me. Here's my real right. name. It's just like some weird username channel thing. I'm like, I'll comment on it. Mm-hmm. This was 10 years oh. ago. They probably don't check this anymore. They never got back to me. Whatever. I never, well, never found the hard This was a very cover. nice cover. It is, right? I like it a lot. I Another thing that like, it sounds good acoustic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this one. Yeah, so Carrie was probably well aware of the coolness of the chord progression before I figured it out. I figured out how cool it was like a half hour ago and and yep. you, and you were like hey here's the here's this cool thing at the end and I'm like oh oh 
<laughs> well, Carrie, five years ago, already knew that. The thing about mm-hmm. Carrie's covers is that, like, her voice is so, so good. distinctive. And as a mm-hmm. choral person and a string person, like, you'll find a lot of violin on her more multi-tracked nice. covers. Um, she's just got that, like, very trained alto kind of range where she can sing in their range. Like, she doesn't often have to change key signatures mm-hmm. or jump up an octave because she's not a soprano. Like, she can get yeah. a lot of the range of the Johns and and – but it's her distinctive uh, tone and she'll put more vibrato on stuff that's like a pop or a rock song. So it gives Mm -hmm. it like this different feel. Love an alto singer. Oh yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm married to one. Let's uh, (laughs) look at the next one, which is Tristan Zhu. I'm thinking you'd say it X U Tristan Zhu um, from uh, Vancouver. So uh, let's let's check this one out. It's on Bandcamp at Tristan T R I S T A N X U dot Bandcamp dot com. thoughts on this one okay this is my favorite <laughs> um, uh, it captures the like ominous energy of early they might be giants that i think nobody can capture um and weirdly the the thing that it reminded me of because my taste in music has been all over the place the thing that it reminded me of is um i love i like when covers reinvent a song mm-hmm. i think that's kind of the most interesting way to do it um my second thought is that no band should cover the Beatles, but uh, <laughs> no band should cover the Beatles. charged. However, the Yellow Magic Orchestra cover of Day Tripper is one of my favorite things I've ever heard. And this does something similar. Okay. It makes it kind of like a trippy electronic kind of uh, uh, a mm. vibe. And I really like this cover for that reason. Yeah, it's great. I mean, again, yeah. The way that I approach the Might Be Giants covers, especially at this point, since I've done so many. So many, yeah. So many. I'm like, mm-hmm. how can I fuck with this song and still keep it an awesome song? Yeah. You're not going to best flans at flansing. Like, you're not going to do that. So uh, just 
take it way out there. Give it a shot. Like if you if if it ends up stinky, whatever. At least you tried something different. And in this case, I think it does really succeed. And ominous, you said, I think is yes. a very, very appropriate word. I also love the cover art on this. It it's is really cool. It's like a Tetris uh, thing out of Post-it notes. Yeah. You, you get, right. You get like blue. I love, I love like the orange. DIY vibe of it. Mm-hmm. It's very, very. Uh, pleasing to me it looks like legit post-it notes like those are really there like the shadows know that that was really and he took yeah a, that's right yeah he took a picture of it but the words i can't hide from my mind looks like the markup tool on uh your on iPhone. iphone yeah yeah so <laughs> like like he did the thing with the post-it notes why didn't he take digital. a sharpie you know why didn't he take a sharpie and write it right around i don't know i just think that's uh, uh it's wonderful it's funny you know funny detail yeah okay now we've got another member of the covers crew in this case uh also not one that was quote unquote commissioned for the show uh but no daniel who's been a uh mm-hmm. another very good friend of the podcast uh two years ago did a cover on his soundcloud Takahiro24, um, as a German fella who speaks fluent Japanese, uh, he uh, does. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's you know he's been to Japan multiple times. He I was always confused by it at first because when I first found his SoundCloud, I was like, this guy's got an accent, but it's not a Japanese accent. I'm like, what am I hearing? It was very confusing to me. I'm like. Where's this guy from? It, was, it really threw me off the scent that the Takahiro 24. Uh, but anyway, here's Noah. great thoughts on this right um i like that this one and another one that we listened to um use the accordion i think that like it's classic they might be giants to use the accordion but this song doesn't have it and it's kind of fulfilling the the same thing that i think uh uh the guitar tone kind of does that has like this I can't hide from my mind has almost like a beachy guitar tone to it where like it's kind of a a very lush sounding. Mm -hmm. And I think that like the accordion is doing what the rest of the production is doing on the spines version. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also love his guitar lead at the beginning. It sounds Mm -hmm. not so much beachy, but more kind of like uh, James Bondy. It's like the kind of like, uh super good yeah you're right you're right yeah and again noah's like carries and noah's covers you could hear them just like they they could be on in the background someone else hit play and you're like what is that oh that's noah's voice i know that Mm -hmm. oh that's carries like they're 
Those, They're distinct. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vocally, totally give them away right away. Let's talk about Bryce's two. Yeah. Bryce Hurst just na- just the other day inducted into the Facebook thread of the TMBG covers crew, and that's C R U with an Unlaut E crew. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're a Motley crew, I guess. Uh, so I found this searching uh, the blue commas, and then I'm like, oh, the YouTube channel is Bryce Hurst. I know that guy. He had mm-hmm. a track on my Purple Toupee compilation, um, a very good uh, Upside Down Frown cover on that. And the blue commas, I'm like, okay. So from 12 years ago, wow. November 2011, him with his band, you've got a gal on drums and you got a guitar player and he's on accordion um, doing I Can't Hide From My Mind. So you may have noticed I commented on this one as well. I said, hell yeah, Bryce, recording this episode in a couple days. This will be in the cover section. Then he said, I did a more polished one as Mobius Boulevard uh, and it was on Adam, Adam Rivera's They Pay Tribute Comp. So we're going to listen to both because um, they're very different. One is a live performance with the trio and one is as the Blue Commas and then one is his like solo... uh, moniker mobius boulevard uh with his layered kind of studio version they're very different both fronted by bryce so first let's hear the blue commas from 2011 here it is on this one live from eddie's attic (laughs) (laughs) again i think that the the accordion is doing a lot of work for this one and it's nice i really like this was one of my i i said that tristan she one was my favorite i think that this one is is like a close second too like i think this one's really cool and very like quite like it feels like they might be giants would play it this way like if it was just a trio you know yeah it's almost like a quiet storm version yeah. Because you've got the drummer playing with brushes, 
right? Not going, yep. not going buck wild. Just like doing just what the song needs. Acoustic guitar, and then accordion, kind of coming in and out with uh, kind of just like filling it, making it, you know, giving that texture. Uh, mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's great. Yeah, and like I'm, it. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to play this. And Bryce, you know, as again, you're like pointing out people's little covers. It's it's amazing. But he's like, I did it better. I'm like, you did it great both ways, man. I'm playing both. <laughs> Go ahead. Cue it up. So let me play Mobius Boulevard. This one was from a Kickstarter only. You had to actually buy the CD to have Whoa. it. But uh, Adam's cool with me playing it on here because it promotes his project. He did uh, They Pay Tribute. Did you say this was volume two? Yeah, they pay tribute to. This was on the Flansburg disc. There was a Flansburg disc and a Linnell disc. I believe I'm on the Linnell disc twice. I don't think I'm on the Flans disc. It's very democratic of them to split it up that way. Yeah, it was was a cool little thing. So here's uh, Bryce again as Mobius Boulevard doing it, uh, a studio version. Here it is. On uh, uh, on that. Now this one feels like the dial a song version. Mm, okay. And I like like in terms of the the production, it's 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 more layered production, but it is very like like quiet and intimate. The same way like watching that little scene of gigantic kind of felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like Bryce's uh, Mobius Boulevard project is 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 really cool and and very giant esque in that cool. in that he like he doesn't pigeonhole himself he's the kind of guy that will go to very crazy extremes uh wherever his you know flights of fancy take him and he'll he'll commit and he'll do it i mean the upside down frown cover um and i haven't done the episode yet so people that have purple to pay have heard it it's on streaming you should go listen to it um it goes like psychedelic like revolver era beatles where like there's a sitar sound that comes in and like the production gets kind of like washy like you're like going into a dream scene in a movie like all of a sudden it just like upends itself and you're like whoa because it starts out okay it's the weirdest thing when i just like put it on paper it starts out like a ragtime version of upside down frown so like it's all jaunty and piano and then all of a sudden it's just like dude like all of a sudden you're transported yeah. from the 1860s to the 1960s it's like the craziest thing in the span of like under three minutes it's it's the craziest thing bryce very talented guy i love both versions 
Uh, yeah, they're both I can't really hide cool. from my mind. Both really cool. And with that, it is it is it time to score this song? I believe so. I'm ready. Do it. Um, biased because this is one of my personal favorites, but I think this is like a seven point two out of ten. Mm, okay. I think it's an upper tier Flan song. I think it's like one of like if like if you're doing like a top ten Flan song, top twenty Flan song, this is on it. For me, perhaps for you, listener. Um, I think it's more of like a like a, a normal they might be giant song. Like there I were think air that, quotes like, there. For yeah, the listeners. Uh, it's not um, stock of wheat by any means. Um, don't you just stock of wheat again? Don't you dare! I, I don't have. If, have you done that episode yet? I don't. I, don't I, I haven't, but I've covered it live. Don't have it me great. on it. <laughs> oh, I won't. I will keep uh, you far away. Um, but so it is like more of like a straightforward, they might be trying to, but it's kind of capable. Like it shows that they're capable of like defying what you think they are. Um, they're not always going to do birdhouse and they're not always going to do, um, like your puppet heads or like things that are a little bit more out there. This is mature. They might be giants. This is we're in our forties. They might be giants. And I love it. (laughs) Um, And also like, I think it's a great closer to that era. Like, I think that it's, it's a nice conclusion and musically it resolves that way and lyrically it resolves that way. And I think that that's why I would give it a 7.2 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah. Seems, seems reasonable. Um, I also am currently sending you a link to my live cover of Stock of Wheat, which is me backed by Cara, Dana Williamson, Brittany. I have uh, just like a gang behind me doing those kind of echoes. I went for a walk on a stock. stock. That's the fun part of the song. (laughs) It was was super fun. Uh, I'm also sending you a link to uh, the Mobius Boulevard uh, before I forget about it. Blivered. I'm not as entrenched in cover in the They Might Be Giants cover landscape as perhaps you are, but I appreciate all of the like seeing all of these. That's what I, yeah, and probably one of my favorite parts of the show, other than like talking to new people, is digging up covers and being like, I've seen that guy before. Oh, I've never seen her before. That's a really cool take yeah. on it. And then lots of times I m- end up meeting the people either virtually it's or like in person. It's like a completely different They Might Be Giants community than the They Might Be Giants community. Like it's its own subset that is like so rich yeah, and so interesting. It, that it is, is very new to me. And yeah, Bryce actually asked to Other be in the, the covers. Yeah, I kind of assumed that Bryce was in that Facebook thread. It's like 20-something people now. The covers crew right. uh, has just expanded and expanded. People are just like, I want to submit covers. How do I get in on this? Because they get to know my yeah. recording. They know the episodes I'm yeah. recording all the way through July. I already have all those booked all the way till wow, July wow. <laughs> 8th. It's July 19th. I'm already booked through. So they know them so they can submit covers ahead of time. And I play them in full. And they know that you're going to get like 500 people hearing it right at that episode mm-hmm. rather than if it's stuck on Bandcamp somewhere, you know, you'll maybe have sure, people listen sure, to it. Sure, so yeah. uh, I'm, it's awesome to have this uh, stable of stars to give yeah. me. And I assumed Bryce was in it and he's like, no, I'm not in it. I'm like, Oh, I'll put you in it right now. And I'm like, guess who's here. And I was like, Oh, Bryce. Like it's this little family of people who have kind of met each other over the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's just this thread, like it's own subset. You said, 
that goes into completely random TMBG topics or even non-TMBG topics. They're talking about recording techniques. It's just this fun crew of musicians who just love making music and love the MMP Giants as a part of that. Um, But I'm just stalling about what score I'm going to give this. Uh, (laughs) I think it's a... I mean, as far as spine songs... And even if you want to, to divide it into sp- uh, Flan's spine songs, it's, I mean, let's see, is it, do I think it's his best song on the spine? Because it's up there. It's such a great closer. I mean, I, don't, mm-hmm. I couldn't see it going anywhere else on the album. It's a perfect closer. Hmm. I mean, Damn Good Times is a good party starter, but as far as, like, best, I think I Can't Hide From My Mind might be my favorite Flan song on this record. Now that I really think about it in those terms, it's a solid song. I think you gave it a 7.2? 7.2. I'm going to match that. 7.2. Hell yeah. It's not best new music, but it'll do. <laughs> Pitchfork reader over here. Uh, yeah, we won't get into the whole Pitchfork story. I, I just like the decimals because when I have to rank upwards of 900 songs, you can't just be like, oh, it's seven. Oh, it's another seven. Seven. Oh, do I give this an eight? Yeah. No, it's seven. You know, then you can get that 7.2, 7.5 yep. and, and get the difference. So what do you want to tell the people about? Your podcast is dormant? I mean, come on. Where's that yeah. Where's that Mitski podcast? Get that going. Hey, uh, <laughs> Nick, my co-host, and I have always wanted to do a music podcast. Um, do it. But yeah, I mean, if you want to hear me talk more about music, that last episode of Moody's Pod where we talked about music from the adventures of Pete and Pete. Um, we think it's like one of the best episodes we've ever done. Um, if you wanted to read Always Busy, Often Broken, uh, you can subscribe at tinyletter.com slash ER0B. And I'll get a <laughs> notification about it and I'll send you all of them. Um, I'm se- like, I'm serious. Like there was an uptick at some point and I don't remember why a couple years ago. And I would email people and be like, are you here for They Might Be Giants? I'll send you them. Um, yeah. But yeah. If you wanted to do that, if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, I'm also at ER0B. That's E-Rob with a zero. And hey, Aaron I Rose O'Brien. There you go. Um, <laughs> it was a, it, a friend used to call me that, and then it just kind of stuck it's online. Um, Did I ever E-Rob. talk to you about th- when we first met about my nickname or like a handle? It's more of a handle than a nickname. Yeah. The Gregor with a zero. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> like I saw that and I, I like... I misread it. I like swapped the letters I'm, and I'm, I read it as E-Orb, yeah. zero R-B, and like Greg Orb. It, it all stems back to a Simpsons joke, of course. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Are you looking for a way to slash the cost of your medical expenses? Boring. Wait, this might be the answer we're looking for. I will perform any operation for $129.95. Come in for brain surgery and receive a free Chinese finger trap. Okay, Fred. You tried the best, now try the rest. Call 1-600-DOCTORB. The B is for bargain. <laughs> we had a friend, Victor. He became Victorb, and then he started That's calling funny. me Gregorb. I don't know, because Gregory, you switch out the Y with the sure. B. Gregorb. And then when I went to claim it, I think it was probably on Punk News, or it was like an email account or something somehow Gregor with an O as the orb was taken 
zero became greg orman that has stuck and that is like yep. my instagram handle that it's still everything and so That's, i saw your e rub with the zero i'm like oh like kindred spirits here again thrown yep, a zero in there it has stuck it's mo- it was mostly available there's very few places where it wasn't available my my boyfriend found somebody named e who was like talking about their lizards online and like that's <laughs> the only other like e rob e rob the dude with the lizards <laughs> me me and somebody who owns lizards <laughs> uh, who on like reddit somewhere um yeah and then and then because we were talking about it earlier if you wanted to listen to my brother's podcast seltzer cast <laughs> That's active. Um, and Is you it weekly? Might like it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weekly. There, he's had a couple hiatuses due to like work stuff, but sure. it's pretty it's pretty consistent. How many um, episodes total? Like, are we talking about like a lot of seltzer related episodes? Yes. Um, one of my favorite episodes is with Bill Oakley, actually, um, from The Simpsons and his own. Yeah. And that's, that's are you about for Rambler. Real? Yeah. That's about Rambler, which is like a seltzer I'd never heard of, but like is it slaps. Um, How did he right get now, Bill Oakley? They're both like food people, I guess. Huh. Um, uh, he's had a, a theme park journalist, Carly Wiesel, on. That's been some, two of my favorite episodes. She's a lot of fun. Um, and a lot of like, I was on a couple times, our friends. Um, it's yeah. a very fun. It's very fun. There's more than you think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like <laughs> I said, it's like, you know, you could be talking about something as dumb as Blink-182, but have it be entertaining if there's good conversation. Is uh, well, is your, bro- is your brother also in, like, the the biz, so to speak, with writing in... Oh, he has a very cool uh, NDA-ish job, what I'll explain to you. <laughs> okay, well, I was just wondering if he got to know a television writer through television writing or not. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not, huh. no. I have again come very close. There is a possibility of a Simpsons writer, not him, of have, of being on this show, cool. but I won't say who it is if it doesn't happen. So, okay. Aaron, thanks for again waiting patiently. I am so sorry. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for waiting. And um, if you want to pick another song to come on, in you know 17 years no i'm kidding sure. like next year or something <laughs> i'll see what's available i'm, I'm yeah. serious i'll see what's available do you um, need the link again or do you have it i should have it okay. somewhere i'll find right. it if but yeah i mean i'd love now. to this was so much fun i love to unearth knowledge i haven't thought about in like well i have but like I feel like I unearthed a lot of They Might Be Giants knowledge, and I'm like, hey, check out this VHS I got last year. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, fun. I don't have a lot of like... friends I can do that with. <laughs> right. I know. It's like, it's. I feel like this is like a community podcast at this point. I mean, I'm the one you know, that puts like eight to 10 hours a week of work into it. I know. But like, <laughs> so much. But like, just like rounding up people and finding new people and all over and be like, hey, let's talk about this. Like, it's the perfect icebreaker, like TMBG. It's like, it is. let's talk about TMBG. Something that I didn't say earlier, which was we were talking about make me listening to them in high school, was mm-hmm. like I so I was like I was like, you know, I wasn't the weird kid, but I was like the kid that had different tastes in music. I was mm-hmm. friends with all all the like pop culture goths. Like we liked all the same <laughs> pop culture, but they listened to different music. And um but when I went to college I started doing improv and it was like three out of every eight improvisers would be a They Might Be Giants fan. Oh, and that yeah. would be your, like, way in to talk to them. It's like with the um, ukulele stuff. It's like this certain, like, brainwave that, like, They Might Be Giants, yeah, improvisers, D&D players. 
I mean, oh, just like I, these little kind of things. Yeah, it's like these little <laughs> kind of things where you're like, that person likes this. I bet they like they might be giants. Yeah. Oh, they do, right? You can kind of, you know, we can yep. we can smell our own kinds, right? We like we know. We know. Hey, that person over there, I bet they like their move chance. Yeah, so it's great having you on. It was super fun Thank chatting. You. So let's do it again sometime. Uh, let me know uh, what song you'd like me to put you down for. And awesome. uh, yeah, um, it's late for me, but I got a day off skating tomorrow. I don't know how early you wake up, but like, <laughs> did, did you just dab on I did. screen? Are we still on mic? <laughs> <laughs> My my now non-ironic dabs will be exposed. It's one of those things, yeah, it'll come back around like and be so ironic that it's just yeah, that it's cool. It's you do it so non-ironically that all of a sudden it's cool again. Like you just gotta sell it. That's right? funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Aaron, and uh, Thank I will talk to you later. Bye.